0: Patriots beat the Chargers 45 to nothing, 45 to nothing. Ah, wow. That, that is, that is great. That is great. We humbled Justin Herbert. He had 209 passing yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Heading into this game this season, he was averaging 320 yards a game. He had 26 touchdowns and seven interceptions. The special teams for the Patriots were great. They had Gunnar Oleski, their punt return—well, mostly their punt returner. He had a punt return for a touchdown, and then at the end of ha- at the uh, well before halftime, they had a special teams touchdown, uh, blocked a field goal. It was great, and it's it's kind of funny because Cam Newton he only had 69 passing yards nice all right all right I'll say it nice I I, I, I get it people want to hear that he had 69 passing yards one touchdown and Jared Stidham their backup quarterback came in late in the game garbage time and he had <coughs> he had two completions Uh, passes completed for 61 yards and a touchdown. So that's, uh, that's kind of funny, but, uh, yeah, the Patriots defense, they limited Justin Herbert, uh, their top wide receiver, the Chargers' top wide receiver Keenan Allen only had 48 yards. He's been averaging like 73 a game. So it was, it was just, it was just awesome. The Patriots are six and six. They're at 500. Um, for the first time since, what, week five after they lost the Chiefs. That was the last time they were at 500 or better. So, uh yeah, it's looking good. They have a quick turnaround. They're playing the Rams, same stadium. The Rams and Chargers play in SoFi Stadium. So they're back there Thursday night. Uh The, the Rams look pretty good against the Cardinals. Uh, I think defenses are starting to figure out the Kyler Murray scheme. And um, it's paying off. Uh, they they won, I think it was like 38 to 28. Of the Rams won that game. So this one's going to be fun on Thursday. It's going to be another challenge. The Patriots uh, did not get any help from the teams that are ahead of, ahead of them in the playoff picture. Unfortunately, uh, the biggest one that was a frustration was the, um, oh boy, the Jets. Yep, that one hurt. Um, so yeah, the jets were up 28, 24 in the game. The, the Raiders had, um, were in desperation mode and they get a nice hail Mary pass and win the game 31, 28, uh, typical jets fashion this season. They are now Owen 12 and their path to Trevor Lawrence is getting, um, narrower and narrower or wider and wider, however you want to look at that. But uh, the likelihood increased. And I'll um, break down the situation for you uh, and help you out here. So the Jets on defense and the Raiders are on offense trying to come back, obviously. Uh, I'll give you the situation. So 15 15 seconds or less remaining in the game. The offense is down 4 to 8 points and they're 40 plus yards away from the end zone. So that situation has happened 252 times in the last 15 seasons. The Jets are the only defense in those 252 times to rush more than 6 players at the quarterback. Just just think about that for a second. Just kind of take take that in. So out added the 252 times where a team only has 15 sec- seconds left. They're down by four to eight points, and they have 40-plus yards. They're 40-plus yards away from the end zone. And the Jets are the first team to send six players uh, to rush the quarterback. So that means they had a bunch of single coverage in the secondary. And for some reason, the corner who was guarding the Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs thought, yeah, you know, he's gonna he's gonna try to cut in, he's gonna do a fake, and then he's just gonna go out. But let me bite into the cut that would only allow for say a 10 or 20 yard pass. And he got complete, he got dusted after that after he bit. And then Derek Carr, seeing that Henry Ruggs is wide freaking open, just chucks it in there and the raiders end up winning that game and just just uh yeah cuz if they lost that game the patriots would have been tied with them at that point and uh granted they still would have been uh further the same distance in games based on the other results and stuff um in regards to getting a playoff spot but still like they would have passed vegas in the in the playoff picture standings so whatever but Darren Waller, the the Raiders tight end, had a good game, uh, a really good game. He had 200 receiving yards and two touchdowns. He is only the fourth tight end in NFL history to have uh, that statistical game. And the two of the three previous that did it are in the Hall of Fame. I believe it was Smith and Sharp or the two players. Uh Shannon Sharp is a TV personality now on on the Fox Sports uh, network there. But uh yeah, that game was just uh just insane, unbelievable. Um the next game I want to get into here. Yes, the Packers and the Eagles. So Aaron Rodgers is now the fastest uh quarterback to get the 400 touchdown passes uh, the Packers are now 5-1 and one at home. They beat the Eagles 30-16. to 16. And the biggest takeaway here, if I'm an Eagles fan, I want Jalen Hurts in the game next week. Uh, I, I don't know who they're playing. I'll, I'll figure that out later. But, uh, yeah, you have to put him in the game because of his ability to be more aggressive and that's what the Eagles need right now. I'll get into the Giants game uh, a little bit later, but uh, the Giants beat the Seahawks yesterday, surprisingly, and the Eagles are now what a game and a half behind in the in the NFC East standings. And <clears throat> before Carson Wentz got benched in the middle of the third quarter when it was 20 to three Packers, um, he only had what 79 passing yards. Uh no touchdowns. He was sacked four times. And um I think Wentz is good. Wentz plays like the Eagles always have a lead. So he plays conservative and does en- enough to just kind of be there. And be in it. But that's the problem, is that they don't have a lead in these games. And you need someone like Jalen Hurts, who actually had ended up having 30 more passing yards than Carson Wentz. He ended finished up with 109. His completion percentage wasn't that good. He was like five for twelve. Um, but he had the touchdown. And granted, he did throw an interception, but at that point in the game, like you you needed you needed something to just um or take the risk at that point because you're not going to get it done only scoring three points. Uh, and then Jalen, yeah, Jalen hurts. The game got narrowed down to 23 to 16 before Packers running back Aaron Jones just went off for a 77 yard touchdown, but, uh, yeah, Jalen hurts was able to get them back in the game and, uh, yeah, props to them. So I, if I'm coach Doug Peterson, if I'm coach Doug Peterson who wants to save his job, I put in the quarterback that was drafted by the organization in the second round of this past year's NFL draft. Um, I, I think they haven't decided on their quarterback for next week, but I, I, at this point, if I'm an Eagles fan, I hope it's hurts because that gives them the best chance to win at this point. Uh, Going back to the Packers quick. This is the first time since the Oh one and Oh two seasons that they've had a nine and three or better record at this point. Um, Yeah. Nine or three or better record at this point in consecutive seasons. So that's, I mean, that's, it seems kind of surprising just based on how uh, Aaron Rodgers has played obviously throughout his career, but uh, to with Matt LaFleur now, their new head coach as, as of last season uh, it's, it's a pretty good accomplishment that the uh, Packers are having this type of success consistently now. And uh, I I expect them, like I said before, I expect them to be playoff contenders for sure uh, when it comes to playoff time. And the top team in the NFC right now, the Saints, they just keep winning. And Taysom Hill, <laughs> their backup quarterback, playing right now because Drew Brees has the fractured ribs. He had his first career touchdown pass yesterday. I couldn't believe it. I thought he had some fluky one when they were running trick plays while well. Brees was the actual starter at some point. I thought he had some crazy touchdown pass, but I guess not. So he had two touchdown passes yesterday, his first two career touchdown passes. Prior to that this season, he had six total non-passing touchdowns. He had five rushing, one receiving. And I thought this game would be a little bit different. I thought it would be more offensive for the Saints and Falcons. Um, it ended up being the same as when they played two weeks ago. It, the score was 28 to 9 last time. This week it was 21 to 16. Believe it or not, the Falcons actually had a chance to come back and win this game. Um, but i think uh they turned it over late or whatever but uh yeah the saints uh are do are, yeah they're they're holding they're hanging in there with Taysom Hill um Sean Payton the head coach they're, they're finding ways to win without Drew Brees and uh they clinched a playoff spot so they're um they're continuing to be good and uh, they that trend yeah should continue uh, uh into the playoffs there uh the, the other game here yeah, Lions. Lions and Bears. Lions won thirty-four to thirty. The Bears started off strong. They were up twenty-three to thirteen at half, and their their rushing um, attack was successful with uh, David Montgomery. There, he finished with like seventy-two yards, two touchdowns. So pretty good. And um, but the Lions held, hung, hung in there. And they had Matthew Stafford, their quarterback, have a 400-yard passing game, so that was impressive. Uh, he made a comment after the game saying that their um, interim head coach, because last week after the Thanksgiving Day game, their coach Matt Patricia was fired. They're saying their interim coach Darren Bevel, uh, his energy was infectious to the team this week, and uh, well, um, <laughs> infectious is a is a is a tough word right now, um, giving these times, but, uh, a, a, a healthy infectious, um, energy was, was going throughout the locker room to, to clear that up. Um, so, so yeah. So, um, speaking of not healthy, the bears have lost six straight games. Uh, that is the longest current winning streak right now this season. um, other than the Jaguars who are one and eleven haven't won since week one and the obvious oh and twelve jets um so that's not a good look for the bears. Uh, I believe they were up thirty to twenty seven and they were trying to just run the clock down, give the lions um. Less time to try to make a comeback if they got the ball back. And Trubisky, their quarterback that's in, uh, he fumbled. (laughs) And so the Lions had a great field position. I believe they only needed to travel like seven yards to get into the end zone. So they take over the lead and then the Bears are unable to come back. So that just kind of describes the state of the Chicago Bears right now. And, yeah, it's not looking good. Uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, who is a future Hall of Famer, one of the best running backs uh, ever um, in the NFL. He's in his 14th season. He's on the Lions now. Believe it or not, he this is the first time he has had back-to-back mus- multiple rushing TD games in his career, which, uh, I mean, he was, what, he was like eight yards away from – Eric Dickerson's uh, all-time single-season rushing record, and uh, man, it, it's 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 kind of crazy to uh, to think that Peterson is still having this type of of success. At least at this point, getting into the end zone. Maybe not necessarily his yards per carry and stuff. He's not as effective as he was, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's uh still it's crazy to see. It's 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 a wonder for sure. And going to Peterson's former team, the Minnesota Vikings, they uh, barely uh, beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, it, it was kind of a sloppy game, I guess, at the at least at the end, because the Vikings and Jaguars exchanged missed field goals uh, to where both of those teams could have won. I think, granted, they were both like 50 plus yards. I think the Vikings missed a 51 yarder, and then the Jaguars attempted a uh, 62 yarder. So yeah, a little little uh, bit of a challenge uh, from from those ranges. But uh, anyway, they go into overtime, and the Vikings eventually win 27 to 24. Uh, nothing much there really. Um, I was surprised that the Jaguars played that good. I thought Mike Lennon, their quarterback, was going to have a letdown, but uh, he didn't. So uh, good for them, but they still lost. Uh, And then sticking with another or two AFC South teams to go along with the Jaguars there, uh, the Colts held off the Texans. Uh, The Texans had a chance to score late. But they fumbled in the red zone, which the red zone's within 20 yards of the, the end zone. And, uh, yeah, the Colts ended up hanging on 26-20 to 20 there. Uh, another AFC South team, the, the Titans, they got dominated, well, for most of the game, uh, dominated by the Cleveland Browns yesterday. The Browns scored 38 points in the first half. Uh, they only scored three in the second half. Uh, they only won by six cause the Titans had, um, had a bunch of garbage time touchdowns, I guess, but, uh, I mean, they got it within one possession, so I guess it's not too much of garbage time, but, uh, but yeah, the Browns are definitely, if their offense looks like that and, uh, their defense plays somewhat decent, uh, they're looking, definitely looking like a playoff team. They have like a 97% chance to get in the playoffs now being at nine and three and, uh, yeah, they they were able to limit Titans running back Derrick Henry uh to force obviously Ryan Tanner held a pass a ton in that game. And uh yeah, Derrick Henry only had like sixty yards and he had a they forced a fumble too, uh which is uh rare for Derrick Henry because he's just um I mean the dude's so big and it, the, when he carries the ball it's like nothing for him. So it's rare that he has a fumble like that. And uh, yeah, so the Browns are are looking good, and um, we'll see if they can keep it up these last few weeks of the season to get in the playoffs, and then yeah, see what they what they can do when it comes to uh, January, um, and I doubt February, but maybe February time. And let's see where are we now? Ah, yes, the Miami Dolphins uh, they beat the the Bengals 19 to seven not uh, not a pretty game but uh i the one takeaway i have from this game is that i believe the dolphins they sit at i think it's 8 and 4 i think they're yeah 8 and 4 right now and i think they do enough to win just yeah just to win the game pretty much so i think people are expecting Tua Tunga-Vailoa, their draft pick uh, from this past year to really just have like basically what Justin Herbert usually does for the chargers, like 300 plus passing yard games all the time can absolutely sling it. I think Tua Tunga-Vailoa is not a game manager, but he has the ability to do that more and, and the dolphins can find themselves controlling the game a little bit better um than than other teams and i think uh their style right now or or that style is going to help them sustain to do enough to get into a playoff spot um obviously I hope that's not the case being a Patriots fan I hope the Patriots can try to contest uh those spots, but uh right now it's looking that way for the Dolphins. Uh yes, uh, Tua did come back after he was out one week with a thumb injury. I that was a little surprising to me. I, th- I thought he might have been out a week and and FitzPatrick would have been in there. But uh yeah, the Dolphins did enough against a um a depleted uh Bengals team at quarterback there. Uh yeah, so that's that's really about it. Uh, and then the final game I wanted to touch on at least from Sunday here was uh, the Giants uh, extending their NFC East lead, uh, surprisingly going out west to Seattle to beat the Seahawks. and th- this is this is interesting too. So current winning streaks in the NFL right now, the top three teams Steelers, Saints, and Chiefs, the two best streaks at uh, winning four games in a row after that are the Browns and the Giants. So that's that's kind of surprising. Just based off of the last few seasons the Giants and the Browns have had, uh, for them to be tied for fourth for the longest uh, win streaks right now in the league behind uh, the Saints and Chiefs who have already clinched. Playoff spots and the Steelers who are, I I mean, if they win tonight, they they should have the playoff spot at this point. Right. I mean, they are undefeated. So I don't know what's holding them up there. But uh, but yeah, it's it's um, it's kind of crazy. To to see those teams winning this much right now, uh, but you have to uh, you have to embrace it. The coaching styles with the Browns with uh, head coach uh, Kevin Stavansky, who was just hired this past off season, and then same deal with Joe Judge, uh, hired this past offseason. season. They're doing enough to uh, be in those current playoff spots right now. Granted, the Giants have a five and seven record, the Browns have a nine and three record, but still they they are putting their teams in a position to succeed and make the playoffs. Um, I guess I'll touch on the Chiefs real quick here. They, uh, The Broncos played them pretty close. It was a tough game in Kansas City there. The uh, Broncos had like a... Ten to nine lead. They were holding the Chiefs to field goals, and then eventually, because the Broncos' offense wasn't doing enough, the Chiefs' offense eventually did do enough to get ahead and hold on to uh, to win the game, twenty-two to sixteen. And Patrick Mahomes, he still had like three hundred plus passing yards. Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the league for the Chiefs, uh, he uh, had. What nine catches, 136 yards and a touchdown. So, just uh, a typical Chiefs game where Mahomes is going to have, yeah, 300 plus passing yards, and one of their receivers is going to have 100 plus receiving yards. Um, yeah, just uh keep getting used to that, I guess. Um <laughs> so, I'll uh I'll move on to the Monday Night Football slate right now. So, it is Washington at the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. We have two Monday Night games because of COVID rescheduling and all that all that crap that's going on. Um so there is this is um interesting because the Steelers are they were not satisfied with their uh uh, performance this past Wednesday uh, when they played the ba- uh, the Baltimore Ravens they only won 19 to 14 their offense was a little stagnant though they did have they did have plenty of opportunities to to extend that lead but they just uh, they were yeah they just didn't convert on them and uh, this is a matchup between the two best the yeah the two best pass defenses in the league um when it comes to yards allowed and, uh, so it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's going to have to come to the running game for both of these teams and in the current situation, because James Connor, the starting Steelers running back is unlikely to play because he's still dealing with, um, uh, COVID. I think, um, I don't know if he's necessarily positive right now, but he does, he's still within that timetable to, to, um, keep him out of playing. Uh, And I like the Washington running backs better than Pittsburgh's uh, with uh, Antonio Gibson and uh, J.D. McKissick. Uh, The Steelers are dealing with Benny Snell, who's a a decent player. Uh, I just don't think he's he's as good as Gibson and McKissick. Uh, The problem is, is that are the Redskins going to be able to hold the passing game of the Steelers enough and how successful will the uh, Steelers front be against, uh, I think, yeah, Alex Smith and and the Washington team. Uh, so it's, like I said, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a matter of significant points, really, like who's, who's going to get the touchdown in the red zone versus who's going to get the field goal. And it's, um, for Washington, it's just a matter of Can you utilize that run game against the Steelers to keep taking time off the clock, keep the ball away from that Steelers offense? Kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs, like what teams want to do there. They want to really focus on the run game, take down the clock, don't give the ball to Patrick Mahomes, and for Washington, don't give the ball to Ben Roethlisberger this game. So I think this game is going to be – closer than people may think just based on records obviously Steelers are undefeated Washington's 4 and 7 I still think the Steelers will pull off a win here but it's it's going to be one of those winning ugly type of games and then to the original the well original uh, wow holy moly originally originally scheduled Monday night football game. There we go, Spencer. Nice job. Um, Bills at the 49ers, but not in San Francisco. This game, because of uh, Santa Clara County regulations right now, uh, the 49ers can't play in their home stadium. So the Arizona Cardinals were nice enough to host the San Francisco 49ers and let them play at least the next couple of games in that stadium. Uh, So the bills still have to travel reasonably across the country there. It's not all the way to California, but it's still to Arizona there. And uh, a big factor in this game, I think is the 49ers run game. I think because the bills, uh, I I mean, they're gotta be towards the bottom. Yeah, I think they're like 24th maybe in the league against uh, the the Rush, and the 49ers need that running game because of their quarterback, Nick Mullins. Uh, You have to take the pressure off of him because if he is in a passing situation too much, he's bound to make an extra mistake that is unnecessary and gives the Bills an advantage. Uh, You have to be able to control the game with the running game because... Yeah, like I said, if the Bills are up, their defense is going to kind of get into that stranglehold pretty much to where they can shut things down real quick and even extend the lead. So, and that's the thing is that the 49ers defense is good, but can they uh, hope for a reduced amount of errors from Mullins and then also... Uh, limit Josh Allen and the wide receivers there in Stephon Diggs, uh, Cole Beasley, their running game with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Can they limit that enough? Can they run the ball enough to stop uh, Buffalo from being successful and allowing for the 49ers to be in um, contention to win this game? They beat the Rams uh, last week 23-20. to 20. So if the 49ers can continue that momentum, they may have a shot to beat the Bills, but it's going to be an uphill battle. Uh, I still think the Bills will do enough, and it's kind of a redemption game. Remember, they lost to Arizona and Kyler Murray in that same stadium on the on the Hale-Murray, um, the pass to DeAndre Hopkins there, the Jordan commercial, because um, he was wearing the Jordan gloves over everybody, all the other brands. Uh, so I think the Bills, even though they're not playing the Cardinals, I think they still think of this as a revenge game. So it, sh- it should be interesting to watch. And then we have Tuesday night football because of the Ravens-Steelers COVID situation. The Ravens are playing now on Tuesday <laughs> of week 13. Um, and I, I'll i keep this pretty simple here. The Cowboys are second in the league and giveaways and the Ravens defense loves to have, um, loves to get some turnovers and score some defensive touchdowns. I think they scored defensive touchdown in this game and the Ravens on offense are getting Lamar Jackson back who had COVID and was out of the Steelers game on Wednesday. And, uh, I think the Ravens are, are going to, um, win this game pretty easily and will look to get back into the playoff chase there and, t- and I would think they would look to take advantage of their easier schedule uh that's left in the regular season there <laughs> Floyd Mayweather uh former world uh boxing champion in his weight class and he's like 50 and 0 or whatever in his career um, he's facing YouTuber Logan Paul on February 20th. And oh boy. Um I mean I, I it's gonna make money. It's gonna make pay-per-view money wherever the hell it's it's being broadcasted from. Um I I really hope Mayweather just doesn't toy around with this dude and just like knocks him the F out. But um anyway (laughs) and you 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 don't you guys have no idea who i'm rooting for in this fight do you um but yeah i i it's interesting that this fight came to be but uh, i think mayweather knows how to make money he is uh, when he was still fighting back when he was fighting mcgregor and then pacquiao before that and stuff uh he knows how he knows where the money is and a single fight can make him the highest paid athlete by a hundred million dollars, um, in the given year he fights. So, uh, he's going for the money. Hopefully it's not because he has, uh, any financial problems. I don't think that's the case. He's, he's made a, a ton of money in his career from fights, but yeah, um, for now, that's all I got. So uh, on Wednesday I'll likely recap the the Monday night football games, Tuesday night football games, likely go over the, uh, college football playoff. And obviously the more, uh, crazy stuff that happens between now and then in sports. So, uh, but yeah, for now I will, uh, sign off, Uh, make sure you guys like, follow, subscribe, do whatever with your uh, podcast there, uh, follow at speak sports on, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And then I also have the WordPress blog and the YouTube channel. I'll um, look to post an audio-only version on YouTube as well from this podcast, and then hopefully I'll be able to get some more blogs in um, now that the school year's over uh, or the semester's over. So, uh, but yeah, for now I will uh, sign off.